damn it. Yeah, okay. This is episode number two. Number two. Today I talked with Matt Helms. Matt Helms is a cool guy. Poor guy has to hang out with me more than he probably wants to. But I had a lot of fun talking with him. He is a musician and an audio engineer, and he knows a lot about beer and booze. We drank some booze. It was fun. He's my friend, Matt Helms. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, mm-hmm. I'm in one, you're in one? Yeah. Because it's, it's getting recorded stereo. Oh. So one per channel. So what's up? Hey. Mm, yeah. I recorded something like that the other day, and then I didn't like it. I didn't like that it was split like that when I went to edit it. I just like put it all back together. You mean like separate guitar tracks or what? Uh, it was it was an interview. It was two two separate people. When did you record an interview? I don't know. A while back. Oh, I thought you said the other day. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like two months ago. It was the other day. <laughs> Wasn't it? I do that, too. The kinda, other day, you know. Kind of sounds like a podcast in here. A little bit. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm, I do, too. So I feel like I'm in one. Mm, yeah, it's like it's coming around. Except I have to listen to my own voice, which I hate yeah that's pretty awkward yeah how do you feel about after after recording musical tracks and hearing yourself i don't really do it anymore no no it's just too much yeah hearing myself is too much yeah yeah it's weird i like that sound though let's let's hear this sound right here Mm -hmm. hellcat maggie that didn't make a sound it was a sound (laughs) So you haven't tried this before? I haven't. Hmm. No. Nope. Every time, time for everything. Every time I go in there, like you know, I look for the not not the bottom shelf, but <laughs> the one below that. The almost poor guy shelf. <laughs> uh cheers. Cheers. <sighs> you gotta give a you gotta give the sniff first. It's mm. good. Is it better than your uh, Two Housewives or whatever that was called? Two Gingers? Two, two Gingers. <laughs> Did look like Two Housewives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one this one was only 21 bucks. Yeah. 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 Tastes like it's 21 bucks. Uh, you think so? <laughs> I was never a, a huge fan of Irish whiskeys compared to other stuff, but I've been more interested in them lately. How's it compared to the old, uh, the Pappy? It's very similar. Is it really? Very similar. This one's just like one fifth the cost. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe less. Was it good? Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. For sure. Um, a lot of people say, cause there's like a, the standards are like a 15, a 20, 20, I think a 20 and a 23. And obviously, like the twenty-three year is way more expensive, but it's it's like a little bit too much. Like it's a little too much wood. Mm-hmm. It's a little too much uh, aging. Mm-hmm. It's like so. You're saying fifteen years the sweet spot? Fifteen is actually the sweet spot, yeah. And it's the it's the less expensive of the three. 
Mm. Did you go Christmas Eve or not Christmas Eve, but Christmas party? Did you go across the street with us? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that what you were referencing? That is what I was oh, referencing. Okay. Yes. I thought you were talking about the night that you didn't go to Eam. I didn't go to what? <clears throat> the pop-up whatever thing. Oh, no. You went, though, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Did I you had go some by yourself? there, too. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, I didn't remember you saying that. I, I thought you went, but I didn't know what you had. I met a couple friends there that were already there. The ones that were going to get us in. I just met up with them. Mm-hmm. That was the one that had the flaming Pappy shots. Okay. Or it was like a it was like a cocktail kind of that he made with Pappy and then set it on fire. Mm-hmm. Does that cool. make you feel pretty cool? Yeah. You feel pretty fancy when you're doing that? Yeah. Just lighting booze on fire? I feel yeah. like that. I feel like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if my taste buds are just too dumb, but I don't know. Like <laughs> I can't even tell the difference between a bottle of like Sutter Holmes mm-hmm. and a $30 bottle. So Sutter, I, Sutter Holmes? Is that Katie's, <laughs> Katie's brand that she to, just came out with? I was trying to think of uh, Two Vines. That's one I drink. That's like seven, seven, eight dollars a bottle. Okay. I cannot tell the difference between <laughs> that and do the most I've ever had is like a $30 bottle. And it wasn't even good. Yeah. When you get above 30, usually there's like, it's, it is kind of hard to tell, like below 30, it's kind of hard to tell a difference in Uh anything. And then above 30, it gets a little better. And then above like 75, it gets a little better. What's the most expensive auto you ever had? Um, well, I have a few bottles that have like started out as $65 bottles, but I've had them you know, age for three or four years or four or five years or something. Uh-huh. So that would up the cost of it if it were on a menu somewhere. And they're just chilling in your house. Mm-hmm. What are you waiting for? Just the right time. <laughs> and what's that? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Dude, I have so much uh, beer too. I have so much like the abyss from Deschutes or like the, um, what is it? The black butte. Uh, mm-hmm. anniversary reserve mm-hmm. that they do. I have a bunch of those. I just never open them. Hmm. You can have to invite me over. Mm-hmm. I'll accidentally stumble into your uh, your cabinet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounded kind of sexual. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, when I was talking to uh, Ravi last night, he has this bottle of Bushmills. It's mm-hmm. the 400th anniversary. Oh, wow. That he got from the actual distilling factory in ireland yeah wow and uh i don't know how i can't remember how much he said it cost or how much it's worth but Mm -hmm. he he said he's waiting on it too he's had it for a while yeah yeah when we went to you know we went to scotland Mm -hmm. and we went to isla and we stayed on the island of isla for five days or something Mm -hmm. went to Lafroig and Lagavulin and Ardbeg and all those that are out there. When we went to Lafroig, um, we paid for like the nicest tour you can get, basically. And it's like a six hour experience mm-hmm. where you go and you do the regular tour and then you get bussed out to like where they cut the peat 
like literally out in the fields and you like go out there and cut the peat, the soil. What's the peat? It's the soil. It's like there. It's literally just soil. It's like if you went out, it's like all the grasses and everything that have decomposed over the years mm-hmm. and like become peat moss, peat soil. Okay. But they take it and they dry, they cut it into logs. Like it just looks like mud, but they cut it into logs, dry it out for like three months, and then you use that to fuel your. Like people on the island just use it to fuel their wood stoves or oh, yeah. their house or whatever because hmm. they don't have a lot of trees, but they can like burn that and it works kind of the same way. You just got to wait three months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you cut it in the summer. <laughs> so the that's why the whiskeys that are from Isla, they call them peaty. Like they have a really peaty flavor to them because the distilleries use that to dry their uh germinated hmm. barley with okay. so it like flavors the barley as it dries it and it flavors it with that smoke and so all the whiskeys from Isla they always say are super smoky or peaty. Okay. Um but anyway we <clears throat> went to Lafroig, did the full day tour <clears throat> and then the end of the tour is you go in the warehouse and you do like a barrel sample or like a few different barrel samples or whatever. And whichever one you like, you bottle it mm-hmm. yourself and take it home. So like I did one, my wife did one and we have those up on the shelf. And I've just like never, I, I opened one, uh, when my daughter was born last year. And it's a fifth. Uh, per, no, it's a little bit less. Yeah. It's like a 375 mil. Mm-hmm. I think. Take it was, you right back. It was good though, man. Yeah. It yeah. was like, bring a tear to your eye. Good. <laughs> It was crazy. Yeah, I got to get over there. That sounds like it'd be pretty cool. We've been trying to go back. We literally wanted like find a time where we could go over the summer. Mm-hmm. So my kids are out of school or whatever. Yeah. And oh, you want to take them too? Take them and stay like literally try and stay for six weeks or something on the island. Damn. We would. I would freaking love it. She would too. It's mm-hmm. just like, and she's not even super into those kind of whiskeys, mm-hmm. but. Man, it's just like the most beautiful, idyllic, like, it's like a 30 square mile uh, island, Mm -hmm. but there's like less than 3,000 people that live there. Oh, really? Yeah. And they all work at the factory. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Or they're like lifers, like people that have just grown up there and they run the general store or whatever. And they're just burning peat moss. Yeah. Yeah. And you smell them. (laughs) Just smoky everywhere. So they're all their buildings are like the beautiful whitewashed buildings and um you know they've got the all the distilleries are like right on the water and then they've got like their big logo on the side or whatever that will say the name cuz it used to be like they would get shipments and deliveries via boat mm-hmm. and the boats had to see where the distilleries were when it was super foggy and whatever so they have these beautiful whitewashed buildings and then giant black letters on them that say the name of the um, distillery huh. and now it's just like beautiful and like romantic and whatever kind of thing but in august yeah <laughs> it's Is... actually like i think it's pretty similar weather to here really yeah because they're like lati- longitudinally okay. okay they're on a very similar line so it's like it never really gets cold enough to snow maybe just like a couple times and, and then it's super rainy and yeah it's whatever. just like perpetually raining isn't it mm-hmm. yeah yeah not during the summer during the summer it's not bad 
And everybody's just drunk all the time anyway. Yeah, exactly. Burning their peat moss. Dude, you go to the distillery and you go to like the tasting room and you're like at a bar or whatever. And there will be a laminated sheet with all the names of the island's taxi companies on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can, this is like right there in your face. They're, so you they're can, like the first version of Uber. Yeah, so you can get there super easy. That's cool. Uh, we're going to go hopefully in... Um, May, I think we're going to go to Mexico. This May? Mm-hmm. Puerto Vallarta. Ah. And I just found out that uh, Uber has made it down to Puerto Vallarta now. So oh, you nice. can get an Uber around if you need to. Yeah, it's weird. Like, they're expanding all over the place, but there's certain markets where they still can't exist. Like, country-wise or what? Um, Are they in other countries? Are they in, like, England and I think they're... <laughs> I mean, France? They're, they're international, but... There are certain cities in states that I don't think you can get one. I can't remember what it was, but it seems like I went somewhere and I was going to order one, but then you couldn't. Hmm. There's just, I don't know, different um, uh, unions keeping them out, I guess. That was a big thing in uh, New York, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Because the, I mean, taxis are life. Mm -hmm. Well, and then in Vegas, you can get an Uber or a Lyft, mm -hmm. but dude, they make it so hard. When you're coming out of the airport, they have to park like a couple miles away. And when you walk out, you can go right up and get a taxi. There's a hundred sure. taxis just waiting for you. But if you try to get an Uber, you got to wait for like 20 minutes. Hmm. That might be new from when I was there. I didn't have that issue. Hmm. But they're doing a new thing here now at the airport where they... You come out and you get in a queue. Mm -hmm. You just get in a line of people. Yeah. And they send you a code. Mm -hmm. And then when you finally get up and there's and just drivers coming all the time, when you finally get up there, you give them the code. And they're like, all right, we'll take you wherever. Yeah. We, when we came back from so Vegas weird. recently, uh, the second car in the queue was a Tesla Model 3. And so that's what, what? we got to ride back in. And the dude was all about it. He's like, we get on the freeway and we're, we're starting to, you know, hit like 65. And he's like... You ever seen a car drive itself? And he all leaned back yeah. like this. <laughs> We're like, yeah, dude, we know. So tell me why you have a Tesla and you're driving Uber. Uh, I know. Jeez. Yeah. How, do you, how does that even work? Because you have to go like charge and stuff. Like what if you got a really long fare oh, yeah. somewhere and you were like going to run out of power. <laughs> you run out. Would you have to stop with your fare in the back and I guess go so. charge it? Maybe maybe it's got something in the software where you can tell it, hey, this is where I got to go. And they're like, nope, not going to make it. <laughs> Just kicks the person out. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool, though. I mean, been in the, in uh, Hargis's, but. Oh, yeah. I, I never, don't think I ever got a ride in Hargis's. You didn't ride in it? No. Oh, man. He pushed out on me. They are cool. <clears throat> um. Yeah, the it's like not a bad idea in theory with the lines mm -hmm. but at least when i was there the lift line was like crazy long and there would be people like if the line is going here here's the cars coming in here's the line so when you get to the front of the line you stand and wait and then you go get in like whatever car they tell you to yeah but there's also people coming from this way mm -hmm. so they're all coming in from this way and they're having to walk past the line of people and the people like trying to get in their lifts. Yeah. And it was just like such a cluster of, yeah. Are we cussing on here? Yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah. I'll do it next time. Uh, 
Yeah, man, I, I didn't realize the first time I had to, to come out of there and get in one, I didn't realize that is what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so I just saw it pop up on my phone that I needed the, the white Ford Focus or whatever. And I started walking down the street looking for the guy. And they're like, no, what are you doing? Get over here. I think you can do it both ways, too. Yeah. Because was that with Uber? No, because I usually left. Yeah, I usually left. So on mine, it didn't you didn't get assigned to a car. You just got a number saying that you were like had a car reserved. Mm -hmm. And so then there was there was just a line of lift cars and there were people working like sending like workers that were sending them to each car. Mm -hmm. And it would just be like as the queue went up, as the line went up, they would just get, you know, one, two, three, four, five in the cars. And then once you got to the driver, you'd show them your yeah, uh, your code, or your whatever. code, and then they put it in and find out where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I haven't talked to that many people who do it for a living, but mm-hmm. I wonder what they got to have like some sort of chart, like top five of the year, you know, like what is the amount that you can make? What what is the maximum amount that someone made? And at, like how many hours a week did they have to drive? Yeah, you you would think like somebody could make maybe a hundred grand doing it. Like if you were the maybe. ultimate dude. Yeah, yeah. And you're always hitting those like, what what's it called? Surge surge yeah. zones or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that'd be hard though. <laughs> Your car's you just, just got like no three hundred thousand miles yeah, on exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, you just drive. Did you hear? Uh, Did you hear Britain say that he took somebody to Seattle one time? No, because like they you don't know when you pick them up you can't you don't know where they're going until you're like, they're in your car yeah. and you accept the fare. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you could like turn stuff down. Yeah. So they got in and they're like, Hey, we need to go to Seattle. Well, that, that's a perfect <laughs> example of when the Tesla won't work. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. If you only had a half a tank. Also, he said like, you can, you could drive some, like you could pick somebody up here and drive them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you could pick somebody up here and drive them to LA. And like, you're going to get paid, whatever, whatever. You can't pick anybody up in L.A. once you're there. Really? So if you had like what he did, he had to drive to Seattle, drove to Seattle and couldn't like just had to drive home Uh unpaid. Yeah. You know, because he couldn't pick somebody else up in Seattle. So what's the incentive for driving somebody a long distance? Exactly. It's just got to be long enough that you're going to get a shit ton of money out of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's say you drive somebody to Seattle and that's like 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. But then, I mean, you already spent 20 getting there. Mm-hmm. You're going to spend 20 more getting back. Yeah, dude. I don't know. He said it was like a, I think he said it was a Friday night and him and his wife had like a free hotel room or something at one of the casinos. Like Chinook, or not Chinookwins, but. She was riding with him? No, she, when he was coming back from Seattle, he called her and she drove up there mm. and they met. At the casino, oh, and then they cool. like stayed the night for the weekend or whatever. At Alene, it wasn't the Alene. It was something. What's north of there? Mm, I don't know. Spirit. That's not spirit. No, no, spirits down here. Spirits down here, and Chinook Winds is at the coast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cherokee something. Mm. Is it Cherokee? Is that my go? Does that sound right? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it might be Mojave Winds. <laughs> Something with Sierra Mist. One of the elements. Fire, water. So what is going to make this podcast interesting? Mm, I'm riveted right now. Are you not? I've literally said nothing this whole time. We've been talking about cool stuff, dude. Like such as? 
such as Hellcat Maggie. Hellcat Maggie. Are you just going to call it the drinking the drinking podcast because you're just trying to get people drunk? I got to come up with something. What about the something. Codcast? Get it? Uh, nope, not falling. I mean, you could call it Codecast. Oh, but it would Codman. It wouldn't have an E. Mm-hmm. So it'd be Codcast. Mm-hmm. Well, they used to call me Maxi Pad. Like podcast. They used to call me Maxi Pad in high school. So Padcast. Yeah, could Maxi Padcast. <laughs> Padcast. Maxi Cod. Dude, I it was sounds thinking like the uh, what was that? Did you, you didn't watch anything from the Super Bowl? Did you? I watched the Super Bowl. Did you? Who do you think I am? Oh, you did. Yeah, with your it's kids. a cultural phenomenon. Uh, I'm an American. <laughs> what was the What was the commercial with? Uh, had like Rachel Dratch and John Krasinski. Oh, Smart Park. Smart Park. Smart Park. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> it had somebody else too. Yeah, I can't remember who the Dude, third person was. I don't know why they didn't get Matt Damon and Ben Affleck though. Uh. They might have only been able to afford John Krasinski <laughs> and Rachel Dratch, who's done absolutely nothing. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. She was a SNL. She's a big SNL character. She was on. Um, she like guest starred on Thirty Rock. Oh times yeah, too. I didn't know that's what her name was. Yeah, yeah, she's in lots of stuff. Um, yeah, there were there were some good ones. There were also some really bad ones. Mm-hmm. I think it was more bad than. I just thought the whole thing was terrible. Dude, it felt like maybe I just don't remember. I didn't pay attention, but it seemed like back in the day, they, uh, that one's probably not on anything. There you go. So, um, seems like back in the day, you know, like, do you remember the Super Bowl where they had the, uh, 3D Doritos? You remember that? Oh yeah. Like the ones that like puffed up in the middle. Yeah. So that one, I mean, I don't know why that one pops out in my in my memory, but um, it wasn't about the spokesperson or the famous person or whatever. It was yeah. just like, we have this item in the commercial and we're going to impress you with it. And then you're nine years old and you want to go out and fucking buy all of them, yeah, you know? right. And now, dude, it seemed like every single one of those commercials, it had somebody famous in it. And you had no idea what the commercial was for. No. It was just famous person after famous person after famous yeah. person. Which was, ridiculous. was which was okay with the ones with Charlie Day where he's trying to get his shirt clean. I don't know which one that was. You don't watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia. No, no oh, okay. I don't. Uh, Take Char- that off the list as a topic for the podcast. <laughs> uh, Charlie Day <laughs> is in it's always sunny, and he's also in. Uh, you ever seen Horrible Bosses? Mm-mm. Mm. Uh, he's fucking hilarious, dude. And he he was the one in the Tide commercial where he he got something on his shirt. Oh, and then yeah, it just kept yeah. recurring throughout the whole thing where he's trying to get his shirt clean. Yeah. If you've never seen his stuff, though, you wouldn't think it was no. funny because he's just like, it's just, he is that person. Uh, who was it? The girl uh, was from Schitt's Creek. Was she? Yeah. I started watching that. I only made it through uh, one episode. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. She's the main character, but I can't remember her name. But she's, um, she owns the hotel. Hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, not the blonde one, the the brunette. Yeah, not his sister. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the girl who runs the front desk. Yeah. Literally, I can't like they say her name twenty five times an episode, and I can't think of her name. But she would have been in that uh, the thing that you did at the Keller. 
Yeah, she was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily Hampshire? I actually don't know her real name. Stevie Bud? Yeah, Stevie. Yeah. That's her name. Yeah. No, dude, I keep So hearing... she was, yeah, she was, she played opposite him in all those commercials, all those Tide commercials. Okay. She was his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't recognize her. Doesn't um, he finally get it clean at the end? Yeah, he gets it clean second. and then they're old and then, uh, she gets it dirty again somehow. And dude, my son called it. He's like, just wait. He's going to get it clean at some point, And then they're going to be old. And he's going to get it dirty again. <laughs> and he's like, I told you. I called that. I was like, nice, dude. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, people keep talking about that show. It, uh, what do you think? I just wanted to play with it. It's, it's springy. It's a little janky. No, it works. It does what dude, it's supposed to do. If As long as you don't. Put, make it too tight it's pretty good at just moving around dude it's sort of oh i'm not gonna tighten it though yeah yeah it's not bad right i mean and it sort of acts like a little um what do you call that yeah i mean dude a little bit no the the audio is not stellar but Shock whatever i like that it says back on it so you know oh yeah because i put it in the other way and i was like all right thanks audio technica you did uh you did something else like that too at the shop one time Oh, I was, uh, I mean, it was some microphone that you had on backwards or something. No, I had it. It was a, it was a top address and I had it side address (laughs) and then someone came through and they're like, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a top address. Right. And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, I knew. (laughs) Cool. Let's check in if you knew. That was when I knew I was going to not be able to respect you for the rest of our Mm, friendship. Yeah. Well, someday. (laughs) Someday I'll make it happen. Impress mm. you with my knowledge mm-hmm. of peat moss and mm-hmm. booze. Mm-hmm. You will never be impressed with my knowledge of booze. I think this is a. I think this one's top address too. Uh, no, that doesn't sound that bad. Is. You keep going, dude. Uh, I was gonna tell you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What? I got some uh, some bushlight pounders in the fridge. If you want those. <laughs> <laughs> See, I. Th- it would be funny. If you were joking, but it's <laughs> there's actually bush light and bush. <laughs> Can you tell a difference between the two? Oh, dude, regular bush is gross. <laughs> Why do you have some pounders in there? I didn't buy them. Mm. Somebody else brought them, but I don't feel I like hate drinking you that much. Yeah, they're good when you're just drinking. You know, mm. you don't want to drink nine ipas yeah you'll die but i'll drink like a pbr or something if that's the case yeah i'm just drinking something like or a like a corona or dos Equis. or coors coors uh, light do you like 14 know. coors lights oh my gosh the only like real cheap beer i've ever like genuinely liked is pbr dude I seriously think there's good batches and bad batches. Mm. I've tasted them. Okay. I could see that. You think so? I mean, once they get to be a certain size of company, it's like, it's only about quality assurance at that point. It's like, they know how to make their stuff. They're going to make it. They're going to use the same recipe every time or whatever. And then it's just about like random selections of, hundreds of different bottles from thousands of different batches Mm -hmm. and making sure like sensory testing them all and making sure they're all the same like chemical makeup and whatever and the all the same 
taste. And it's like people's job that that's all they do. It's just like how many scientists touch their balls before they mm-hmm. mix the yeast together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I've never heard that theory. Because <laughs> that, that's what happens, right? That's what, what my mind, there's just like scientists and lab coats, like stirring big pots. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. Right? I don't know where their balls come into it. <laughs> Sometimes you got an itch, dude. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You go out of the, you go out of the decontamination zone mm. and then you, you get scrubbed. You get scrubbed and you get hosed down. Yep. Yeah. And then you have to suit back up before you come in. Yeah. Dude, do you think, you think that people that work there get like lifetime supply of free PBR and they just have like fridges full at their house? Mm, I bet they get like a monthly allotment. Right. Wouldn't surprise me. That would be pretty fucked up if you own that company and you didn't just hook it up. Yeah. You know, if I owned a brewery, I'd just be letting people get hammered all the time. <laughs> Who, there was somebody I was following or watching or show or something documentary I was watching one time where they got like a case, maybe like a case a week or something of some some brewery that they worked at. They were allowed to. That's probably like some boutique that. bend. Yeah. Option. It was probably something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's what it's about, man. The. Oh, nice. Look at that, dude. I am impressed. That's what it's about. I thought I was going to break your glass. Uh, When you work somewhere, there's got to be a perk, dude. Like when I worked at Quiznos. (laughs) Wait, it gets better. (laughs) The single sandwich a day. Dude. Yeah. Even if I only worked, when I started working there, when I was 21, dude, it would only be a three hour shift. 11 to 2, just for the lunch rush, okay? <laughs> my my uh, my outlook on life was strong. Mm-hmm. I was going places, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd go in there for three hours, make a bunch of sandwiches. Then the boss would let me make one, and i make the dankest sandwiches. Dude, I tell you what, I cannot go to Quiznos and get a sandwich from someone else because they don't know how to make them like I do. Didn't you used to make it big enough to last you like three days or something? I would eat it for lunch and dinner. Yeah. <laughs> make the big ones and i'd eat half of it i was poor man come on and so then i'd keep the other half in the fridge and uh dude when i'd make it for dinner i'd pull it out and i'd put it in the oven i'd put the oven on broil so Mm -hmm. i get the quiznos bake all over again dude did you have a conveyor belt in your oven i could have used one Mm -hmm. that would have that would have been nice Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) self-crank just no, you got to be careful with the broil, man, because like... Oh, it'll get out of control yeah, real fast. It'll go zero to a million in like five seconds. Especially a uh, uh, gas gas broiler or like a gas oh, really? oven or whatever. Yeah. Is it different? It's, it's like just a flame. Uh, it's like an upside down flame. That's what a broiler is. It's like a grill. It's, mm-hmm. an, it's literally an upside down grill. Mm-hmm. But, oh man, whenever we do... Um, Spaghetti, I always make garlic bread. Mm-hmm. Just like put the butter on it and do the stuff and then put it under the broiler and it'll go like seven sec. If you not even seven seconds, you go five seconds too long yeah. and it just like literally goes up in flames. Yeah. You got to watch it like a hawk mm-hmm. or you're, you're throwing that in the garbage and starting over. <laughs> what is this? How, how, many times, how many times have you burned it, <laughs> caught it on fire, and thrown it away? Uh, I don't think I've ever caught it on fire, <laughs> but 
it's a pretty regular basis that I have to like go to the sink and take the back of a knife. Yeah. And you scrape off the black yeah. until it's down to like the edible stuff. Yeah, man. And then, then your kids are like, I can't eat this. What did you do to it, dad? You're like, come on, man. I'm trying in here. <laughs> I don't think I've actually had to throw it away. Uh, maybe I have a few times. Dude, I made a pot of soup once. <laughs> and, uh, you know how the last thing that you add is going to be the strongest because it hasn't been cooking in there? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't understand science that much. And I put some rosemary in this uh, potato soup. Yeah. You only need like one thing, like not a handful, like just a sprig, just one little sprig. And dude. And you did it like right at the beginning? No, I did it at the end. Oh, really? I ruined the whole batch. You couldn't uh, eat it. I was so disappointed man yeah yeah they do the same thing with beer when they make beer yeah it's like all the it's with the um hops so the very first hops that go into the boil if they because usually a boil is like 60 or 75 minutes Mm. and the first hops that go in are all just the bittering hops so you don't actually hardly taste them at all it just that's what makes a beer super bitter mm-hmm. and then like the closer you get to the end of the boil the more you start tasting and then the more you start smelling and so the ones that are in are only in the boil for five minutes or if they like dry hop it and they put it in the uh, fermenter once it's in the fermenter that's mm-hmm. all just like aroma mm-hmm. it's like you barely even taste it you just smell it so that's how they create like profiles like hot profiles of mm-hmm. ipas and things super bitter to all aroma why don't you make beer i know right you know more than the dudes working at anheuser-busch <laughs> i know more than the dude who used to work at quiznos <laughs> <laughs> uh i would love to that would be my like dream job yeah if it wasn't like it's kind of hard to start over in the middle of a career like start over a new career in your mid thirties, in your forties <laughs> and, uh, have to like, like you would be back at the bottom of the barrel and like, and then, you know, you'd be on the lowest person on the totem pole Yeah, again. And so it'd be like right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like working 70 hour weeks and getting shit on and yeah, doing all that. But you'd be working for like 15 bucks an hour and then like, from what I've seen, like some of the biggest like brewers, like not like the celebrity uh, brewmaster guys or whatever, but a full like brewmaster at a place like whatever, a Worthy or a Deschutes or something like that. Those guys are going to make maybe like 70 grand a year, 75 for the head mm-hmm. brewmaster. Mm-hmm. Damn. And that takes what? At least 10 years. To exactly. Get there? Yeah. And if you're just a brewer, brewer, like you're probably making around 40. Yeah. You got to own the shop to yeah. make any money. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, as much as you love it and want to do it, like how do you make that a career when you've got kids and. Well, that's, that's the choice that people have to make, right? They mm-hmm. either keep doing what they're doing because they're comfortable or they quit and do what they like, but then they're broke. Yep. <laughs> it's like the artist mentality. And I saw some slide somewhere the other day where it's like 70% of the 
of businesses fail within the first 10 years. Mm -hmm. So that's not a very good indication. I believe of, that. Yeah. And isn't it like if you're going to go into open a new business, you have to be prepared to not take a salary for the first yeah. five years or yeah. something like that? Yeah. It said two thirds of new business owners don't have a salary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you would do that. You would have to be independently wealthy or have no have a venture capitalist. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. Like you could be a brewer when you're 20 years old, mm -hmm. you have no expenses and no family and no whatever. Chitlins. Yeah. It's like going on tour. Like, yeah. yeah, you can go on tour. It's that's super easy when you're 21. Well, so this is one of the things that popped in my head when I when I knew you were coming over and I wanted to ask you. This is going to um, be a topic. It's a topic for the podcast. It's a topic. We, we're getting there. We're only 36 minutes in. <laughs> um, when in your life mm. did, did the thing happen that sent you on this path that you're on? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um... Career-wise? Yeah, just like life-wise. I mean, like it's probably sexually. when you met your wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> I said career-wise or sexually. Oh, well, we can elaborate on both. Okay, we'll do them. Come back to that one. Okay. Um, I mean, I was a musician my whole life. <clears throat> my dad was a drummer, mm -hmm. and I started playing drums when I was like five six and then took piano lessons for 12 years and guitar and all that. Uh, but I mean, always being in bands growing up, I was always like doing sound for bands and, mm -hmm. um, enjoyed that and would like do it at my church that I went to growing up, which was like nothing, but you know, every week somebody was assigned to run the sound and it was and like, killed it. It was like, <laughs> It was like a 1960s soundboard where you had to like physically like push super hard to actually get the but you felt faders cool up. as hell. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and you got to uh, record the tape of the sermon or of the I, maybe we recorded the whole service VHS? and then at the end no it was like a cassette tape. Okay, and then at the end you had the cassette tape duplicator mm -hmm. and all the old ladies who couldn't hear what was said during the service would be standing in line. <laughs> Waiting for you to get done duplicating so you could give them, give them a tape of the service. So they could go home and listen to it mm -hmm. and put in the cassette deck. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that was my, that was like all through uh, high school. And then let's see. Sometime when I was in high school, I uh, emailed, I, I still can't remember there was like a magazine that um was like a live sound magazine or maybe it was just like mix or something like that and it mm -hmm. had a profile on van halen's front of house engineer and for one i knew it was gonna get to van halen somehow for one reason or another <laughs> right here right now it's real big for me <laughs> do you know that one? Oh, i know that one you know the like double vhs tape yeah VHS tape. There was a VHS, like there was the double CD album. Okay. And then there was also a double VHS of the concert. Okay. Okay. I used to like fall asleep to that every night. 
No, I I mean I know those songs obviously, mm-hmm. but uh no, I didn't know they released anything like that. That's pretty yeah. cool. For that what was that? Like 94 or something? Mm, right here right now. It was probably like 92. It was the Van Hagar years. Van Hagar. Hellcat Maggie. Yeah, 92. Oh, what did I say? You said 92, didn't oh, you? Oh yeah, I think I did. Oh. No, actually I think it's 87, oh, I so I win. Uh, so anyway, cool. They, I know more about Van Halen uh, than you do. <laughs> That'll be the next topic on the podcast. <laughs> uh, so okay, they so, were they were doing a profile of the front of house engineer for Van Halen, who I loved at the time. And for one reason or another, back in the day, they would put the dude's email address in there. Like it seems ridiculous. I guess like we didn't have email in '92. No, it wouldn't have been '92. It would have been like '90. 9 98 99 okay so this is but still like kind of at the beginning of email yeah like i remember my friend telling me that uh there was this new thing called hotmail and you could get your own email address for free whereas like before that you had to have you had to have aol or something right it was your it was your serve your service whoever your service was that you got email through so it was like yeah, it was like my dad's name at Comcast.com or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you could never, that was the only email address you could have. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I emailed the front of house guy for Van Halen when I was like, how old would I have been then? 99, you would have been 15. <clears throat> 15? Yeah. Yeah, 14, 15. Yeah. And I was just like, how do you do, get to do what you do? And it was the only email he got that yeah, year? Probably. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, what is it? Who is this? I found him later on, like in my like late twenties, I found him on Facebook or Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. And I like DM'd him and was like, Hey, I emailed you as a kid and now I do what you do. And like, I want to say thank you and whatever. <laughs> you should have been like, why didn't you tell me to do something yeah, else? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell me to follow my dreams, asshole. Uh, Jim Yakabuski was huh? his name. That's a good one. Uh, so I emailed him and was like, Hey, how do you get to do what you do? And he lived in Florida at the time. And he was like, there's a cool school down here called full sale. Ah, that, uh, he was getting kickbacks probably. Yeah. Or he was like an instructor or something. Yeah. Uh, so literally from the time I heard that, like when I was 15, I was like single track mine from then on. I was like, I'm going to full sale. That's what I'm doing. That's pretty cool. You figured that out that early. Yeah. I can't remember why or like why it was such a big thing and usually like i'll start things and i'll get tired of them Mm -hmm. and that was something i just never got tired of and i always wanted to learn more and it was Mm -hmm. i was just super into it yeah that's pretty cool i mean because most people are like astronaut fire truck driver quiznos (laughs) employee you know you just move up the list of awesomeness why a fire truck driver (laughs) specifically not even somebody who fights fires because the guy that's up front yeah He's okay. The guy in the back. Oh, that guy knows what's well, up. Oh, you didn't say that. You didn't say he's the back of the fire rear truck driver. driver. Yes. Okay. Right? Dude, I shouldn't guy, have interrupted you. That guy's loving life. Tell you what, man. Bringing up the rear. Um, yeah, dude, because uh, I, I mean, I started getting into music. I think things happen once you hit high school, right? Mm. That's when you kind of, at least you hope that you start getting into mm-hmm. something. And, but the fact that you could know what you wanted to do and you're still doing it, 
15 years later and you still enjoy it, that's pretty cool. Cause yeah. I mean, I, I played in bands and I played music, played drums, played guitar, played piano. I just kept teaching my stuff, mm -hmm. teaching myself stuff for years, but I didn't want to go to school out of high school. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was dumb. I thought it was too establishment. Like, why do I need a piece of paper to prove to someone that I can work somewhere or something? <laughs> and then dude, I was 21 years old working at Radio Shack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? I can't, can't keep working here. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I saw Conservatory of Recording Arts in Tempe. Tempe. In Tempe. And so that was, uh, yeah, kind of like, kind of like you. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the equivalent. Although, I, I mean, they shit all over Full Sail at yeah. the conservatory. Yeah, but it's which they it's, should. It's their main competition. Of course they did. Yeah. But they also offer broadcast and like all kinds of other avenues, right? It's not just Full live sale? sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got um, they have an entire film program that's mm. all just like they have back lots that they've built where they actually film a movie and wow. like these kids get to help. They used to have a or no, they do have a video game design program. That's cool. So it's all these like vampire kids who just sit and code all day. And you like <laughs> emo kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could always tell who the game, the game design kids were even back then. because They were just like pasty white and like probably the smartest person you've ever met in your life. Yeah. Uh, and then they have. They used to have one called digital media, which is what my wife did. Uh -huh. But they've broken it up into like because there was like graphic design web design 3d modeling and like a bunch of other weird stuff mm -hmm. all within the one um gra uh what was it called design program or whatever <clears throat> um of which like you know she doesn't use any of the 3d modeling and stuff like that like that didn't need to be in there mm -hmm. but so now i think they've split it up into like they might have like just a graphic design program and just a um 3d modeling program or whatever but yeah they have a ton of different stuff and it was i went there because i specifically wanted to do live sound and it was one of the only places really being taken seriously as a live sound yeah. uh, school like that didn't really exist that much the recording schools were all over the place yeah and even like a lot of major colleges were starting to offer recording programs and mm -hmm. everything but i couldn't find i found like one place in new york that had a specifically live sound degree and okay. it, but they weren't even like anywhere close to as as uh progressive as full sale was yeah i remember looking things up you know just being at work at radio shack you know like selling batteries to people selling coke out of the back <laughs> telling them about progressive can dvd players and tvs oh, uh i remember being there just like looking at websites trying to figure out what I was going to do. And at that point, like I knew I, I still, I wasn't going to go to like a four-year college and yeah. get a business degree or something. Yeah. I was like, dude, this sounds pretty cool. I'll go learn how to record bands. Uh, and so as I was looking them up, I think I did come across Full Sail. Mm -hmm. And there was also, there was like a couple in LA that looked pretty shitty. And yeah. there was one in New York that, I don't know, just the one in, in Phoenix seemed like it was the way to go. Mm -hmm. And that was 2005. When did you go to Full Sail? 2003 to 2005. Okay. So basically the same time. Yeah. And dude, in 2005, 
when I got there and I started learning everything, I was like, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. I appreciate this for what it is. But I could tell as I was in the program that it was not a career. Mm. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get a job in a recording studio making a decent living and not want to kill myself. Yeah. And so it was Did you just not want to work in a studio? Well, I knew... They they told us forever, and we could see the writing on the wall. We could tell that digital was coming through, sure. And that dude, like, I know how to clean the heads on a two inch tape machine, mm-hmm. or I did. I don't know how to do it yeah. anymore. I used to know how to stripe time code. On oh a, yeah, on a two I did inch that tape. too. Yeah, yeah. No, that's like a, that's not a skill you need to have. Yeah, you know, there are now I don't know maybe ten or twelve real studios that have consoles mm-hmm. and record to tape, and the only people still doing it are the super rich high profile yeah. people who Mariah Carey and whatever <laughs> she's got it's a few not, new Christmas songs not who I was going. that's not you're thinking that's of? not where I was going I mean someone else I mean Maroon 5 <laughs> I mean someone uh, but yeah dude I could yeah. see I could see the writing on the wall then and I was in the school and so I was like I can move to LA or Nashville or New York intern or be the chinese food guy you know for who knows how long yeah and then maybe start making i think minimum wage back then was like eight bucks yeah you know i can make eight dollars an hour and i was like that's not gonna work man it's not gonna work and so i yeah, came back that is here what you have to do i came back here and part of the program is you had to um you had to complete a three-month internship mm. at some sort of institution that they would consider part of the program. So I tried like to get on. Like a studio on, or anything. Yeah. yeah. Like a studio or a post house or something. Which didn't really exist out here. I mean, not any, not any like professional good. I mean, let me take that back. There were some really good studios in Portland. There yeah. were professional ones that were really good studios, but it's like anything else where they just like good enough is okay. Well, so it's like, they're just small, you know, backwoods kind of places that aren't uh-huh. going to be able to afford multiple staff let alone bringing on an intern let alone yeah. whatever whatever like no they yeah. didn't want it was that level of studio they didn't want some 21 year old turd hanging out right. and i totally get it now but back then if you didn't figure out where you were going to intern you would fail the entire program wow and so i had 30 days i moved back to portland on october 1st so i basically had until halloween to figure yep. it out and I was the last one in my class of 11 people to get placed. And I didn't get the internship until like October 24th or something. <laughs> I was shitting my pants, dude. And uh, there was a place called Rex Post. Did you ever hear that? It, I don't know what they did, but it, it went out of business. They don't exist anymore. It was like a post-production facility? Yeah, no. I think so. Um, but they wouldn't take me for whatever reason. And then... <laughs> Who... Why? I know, like, why? Why would, look at that? I sent him a headshot. Look and I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, look at what you're working with. Why wouldn't they want, uh, wouldn't God, they want this? Throw that in the here? garbage can. Don't answer his phone calls. Are you guys cool with weed here? <laughs> I can bring you Quiznos sandwiches. <laughs> uh, but so I ended up getting an internship at uh, the news news. News. Just, what am just I trying to news. say? News studio? Just the news. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. Just say the news. It doesn't really exist anymore now. It's, it was, uh, 
it's KPTV, mm-hmm. KPDX, <clears throat> which is the local Fox affiliate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was like really weird. It was two stations joined together in one building and it's out there. You know, we, we're out there pretty often in that area. You can see it when you drive past certain, certain buildings. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I went out there and the only, the only, uh, team that would take me was the commercial production department. And so I worked with this dude and he was super cool. I mean, he was, he was really awesome to me, but I worked with him. He taught me how to write fucking 30 second TV jingles, <laughs> which had nothing to do with what I went to school for. Yeah. And it's so, not where you wanted to be going. No, no. Yeah. Dude. And now, I mean, local news, dude, it, it barely exists. You ever go on indeed and uh, look at, the job market. Oh yeah. Dude, there's always like I've been looking right now. Be a, be a Meredith uh TV producer, blah yeah. blah blah. Cause that's the company that owns them, Meredith. And those guys are in big trouble, man. Mm-hmm. That there's no reason to watch your local news network anymore. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You try and go on one of those sites and you put in the word like engineer mm-hmm. or technician yeah. you're like av technician or like audio engineer or something it's just hopeless yeah because that doesn't exist here for one thing and yeah but there are a lot of engineers mm-hmm. working for like intel and yeah that kind of thing yeah you know? yeah but none of them do this for a living <laughs> what about the ones that dude it's, change where your microphone is for a living it's a weird thing weird thing <clears throat> it's yeah i've I don't know. I've been thinking about that, that if I want to continue in my chosen field and progress and whatever, be serious about it and not just be an AV tech, but actually go back to being an audio engineer. Mm -hmm. It's like either my current employer has to change the way they do things or uh, I just have to like leave Portland because yeah. it's like, it really is the best company to work for here mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to go work for any of the other ones cause they're all so much worse. And it just, that whole, there's just no like really good sound companies. You know what I mean? Cause they just don't care about it up here. Well, what you want to do requires you being on the road. Mm. and so you can't sort I mean, of there's you, some there's some local markets that that even i mean doing the corporate thing isn't that bad but it's like we still don't take audio seriously even in what we do in the corporate world mm-hmm. like some companies do mm-hmm. you know with buying different types of manufacturers and different systems and different things that you know broaden our um What's the word? Appeal. Appeal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we've got one brand of everything that we do mm-hmm. almost, mm-hmm. you know, for audio. Yeah. I don't know. And it's, it's fine because that's, they were not an audio company, mm-hmm. you know, they just started doing it to supplement their video side. Mm-hmm. So they can't be expected to, you know, be on the forefront of the audio market, but then mm-hmm. nobody is like all the other actual audio companies in town just suck because mm-hmm. nobody cares about high value production stuff here unless it's corporate and unless it's you know 
Well, yeah, whatever. I wonder. I wonder if things will change in the next ten years. Like, because dude, Portland's blowing up. Yeah, you know, if the uh, if the baseball stadium gets built mm-hmm. and they continue doing all these condos, like, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in the next ten years because they were talking about this, you know, five years ago about it blowing up, and it did, and now. I don't know. It's interesting to see what's going to happen because I think uh, I think we've been due for some sort of recession for a while. Yeah. And the upcoming presidential election might sway things one way or the other. Mm. So, I don't know. I want to buy a house, so I hope it happens. <laughs> Are you just renting here? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this this was my brother and his wife and their kids' place, mm. and then they decided to move to Bend, and so uh, it happened right at the time that I needed a place, and so nice. Yeah, been here for almost a year and a half. But how long have you had that pizza peel? <laughs> it's pretty awesome, right? <laughs> that's like a real. It's a real deal. That's a real like something they use it. At- Dominoes or something. I like pizza, bro. <laughs> Do you make a lot of pizza? Like homemade? Uh, I like to get, you know how you can buy the crust or the dough from Bellagio's? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have Bellagio's out yeah. there, do you? Oh, do you? Yeah. 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 We have one right next to us. Their dough so good, man. So There's I like a to... lot of places. I mean, even like really good pizza places sometimes will, like wood-fired places, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, local places, they'll sell you their- Pizza strolls? Their raw dough. Maybe. I doubt I it. actually have never been there. Dude, we got to go. Have you been there? Ever? My my brother went there. He said it's good. Everybody else says it's the best in yeah. Portland. Yeah, totally. Or like top three, at least. Yeah. The only thing I've heard is that they're actually super snooty. Mm-hmm. And like they know, this is probably just an, like an urban legend, but it's like they know people that are from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And if they see somebody come in who's from the neighborhood, they'll like let them in in front of you in line. If they can tell you're like a out of town, ta- <laughs> out of town or something, I don't know. Or they sounds like something you would do if you owned a pizza shop. Yeah, you would let me true. in first. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd let other people in first. <laughs> Make yeah. that guy wait. I just have like a fake mustache and hey Ted, keep that guy outside. Mm-hmm. Ted's my bouncer. Yeah, Ted's strong. You're not. You're not gonna fuck with Ted. Nope. Oh man, you can hear the. That's an airplane. You get real good airplane noise mm-hmm. here. I hope the Audio Technica AT2020 was able to pick that up. Yeah, it's 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 a great mic. It'll do it. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to a lot of podcasts? I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, dude, I like them because <clears throat> this might be a sign of me being an old man. Because you know. In my teens, in my 20s, I was always listening to music all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. Tom Petty and then more Tom Petty sure. and then like lots of Tom Petty. I bet you've never heard a Tom Petty song. <laughs> all the way I've through. heard it a ton since I started hanging out with you. You haven't heard one all the way through. <laughs> uh, but um, now, dude, probably within the last like, I don't know, three years, mm-hmm. I don't listen. I don't really listen to music when I'm going places. You know, like if I'm driving to work or if I'm hanging out doing things and it doesn't require full brain power, like I'll just listen to a podcast. Yeah. I listened to Cigaros on the way here today Mm -hmm. and that was, I was thinking about it. That was like one of the first times 
I've listened to music in my car mm-hmm. for months and months and months because I always listen to podcasts or listen to NPR. Yeah. But it's almost always podcasts. What's this right here? Oh, I know what that is. You ever heard that all the way through? <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh, I don't know. There's just like... There's a lot of content now. Yeah. I, I like music. I'm not some weirdo. Yeah. But you can only listen to Zeppelin so many times. Mm, can you though? <laughs> Dude, I wanted to talk about Tool too. Why? <laughs> I, I can't I can't talk about it with you though. I don't have a lot of Tool knowledge. You don't. I mean like actual tools. Do you talk about bandsaws? Dude, so you want to talk about bandsaws you want to talk about bandsaw i don't know shit about bandsaw dude i know i know about as much as bandsaw bandsaw ransaw grandsaw that's <laughs> that's when you get super old you got a grandsaw <laughs> running around uh my grandpa's really good with saws he could talk about that <coughs> uh where was i going where were you going? podcast music oh tool okay yes so that's what blows my mind about you, knowing you and your personality and the type of music you listen to and how you've been listening to music for a long time. Mm-hmm. The fact that you've never listened to Tool is pretty crazy to me because, dude, when, when Lateralis came out in 2001, that was like one of the most important albums yeah. that like changed a ton of stuff for me. Yeah. And you never even heard it? I'm sure I've heard things off of it. Oh, dude, it's so good. I took a hard left turn around like late 90s and started going down the Dave Matthews Band road. Okay. So I got into a lot more into the folky stuff, started listening to a lot of like The Doors and just like old 60s, you know, psychedelic whatever crap. And that was like probably around the time that Tool and a couple other bands were just like really hitting it Mm -hmm. and so i like just even like my brother was super into alice in chains and i wasn't i like thought they were super stupid yeah and like them either later on i like learned to appreciate them but i they've never like been a big band for me that's like hit me where i itch and even bands like radiohead and uh pearl jam and tom petty even like i've discovered them a lot later and they become like huge parts of my life, but it's, but I like, I don't know. It was way later in life than when they were actually like a big band, you know? Yeah. I got into Radiohead on In Rainbows. Mm-hmm. That was like the very first album that I like listened all the way through and like loved it and then started working my way back. And yeah. now I like, I love all their stuff. But when I was, I wasn't listening to Creep or, you know, whatever. I wasn't listening to no, Kid A. I wasn't listening to Kid A's good though. Now it is. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. But I didn't listen to it growing up. Yeah, that's the other thing. You ever think about the fact that you and I being born when we were born, we have access to everything that the Beatles ever put out, everything that Zeppelin ever put out, you know? We got to listen to all of it right in a row. We didn't have to wait two years for a new album to come out. Mm -hmm. So that's a that's way different to be able to experience it that way than to be somebody in the sixties who had to wait. Cause maybe, maybe you would have liked Zeppelin in 71, yeah. 72 when they put out 
four. But then, you know, you wait a couple years, houses the holy, and you wait a few more and presents. You're like, dude, fuck these guys. But we, dude, when I got into Zeppelin in high school, yeah, I had all hundred songs or whatever right. that I could listen to whenever I wanted. But what about a band like Pearl Jam? I never really got into Pearl Jam that much. So you, but you could like that would have been that would have now. been that would have been the Led Zeppelin of your era of mm-hmm. your age, where you would have had to like if you really liked their, uh, you know, first album or whatever, then you would have had to wait a year and a half and yeah. then go wait outside the record store and get their second album, and then if you really like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it would have been that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes me wonder for people now that are getting into Radiohead Mm -hmm. that had never heard it before and they could just listen to anything they wanted. Because the last couple albums, meh. Like, uh, what's the one that, what's the one that came out most recently? The one that was, um, the one that had the Burn the Witch on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Pools, Moon Pools. Moon Shape Pool. Yeah. A moon shaped pool. Yeah. Yeah. That one's okay. Yeah. And I like, uh, what's the one before? Something with Kings? Uh, King of Limbs. King of Limbs. Yeah. That one's all right too. Yeah. But. I liked King of Limbs. In Rainbows? Yeah. Dude. I I mean, that's me. Yeah. Personally, I feel like that's the best album because that's yeah. the one I like really got in on. And it's one that I can sit and go top to tail and just do it over and over and it never gets old well and for me it came out it came out in the fall of 2007 and the reason i remember this Mm. is because my son my first son was born september 7th 2007 Mm -hmm. so that album reminds me of him and becoming a father Mm -hmm. and so there's like a different aspect that i associate with it every single time i hear it right yeah yeah that's I love albums that do that for you. Yeah. That would have been 2007, 2008 is right around when we were moving out here. Yeah. And I think that was like, because we saw them on the In Rainbows tour and it was one of the first concerts we went to out here right after we moved. We talked about that, right? Did you see them in Auburn? Auburn. What's in Auburn? I think it's called the White River Amphitheater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Up near, sort of near Seattle. Yeah. Like... Off of one of those highways. Mm-hmm. It was the one where they had um, all of the LED fixtures that were the tubes. Yeah, I they were the that. long tubes, and there were like longer ones on the side, and then they kind of stepped up and in, but they could map all down the tubes, hmm. and they all had them like above their heads. I always remember that set design. It was amazing. I don't remember that part at all, and I think we talked about this before. I just remember getting stuck in the parking lot. Oh yeah, on the way out. Yeah, because their whole thing that tour was like being environmentally friendly and cutting down on their carbon footprint. And then they have the concert mm-hmm. way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There's no way you could take public public transport to get there. Oh no. And dude, we left. I think they did two encores, two or three. Probably yeah. two. I think they did two. We left, I think during the first or second encore, I can't yeah. remember, but we were like, let's get out of here. This was cool. We're done. We got out to the parking lot and we couldn't even leave the spot for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then we finally get out another hour to get to the road. Yep. Then that's a two lane highway back to the, interstate. to get to the interstate. Yeah. Dude, we spent 
almost like four hours trying mm-hmm. to get out of the venue. It was, it was ridiculous, man. And, uh, Carly had to work the next day and we didn't get back to Portland until like five really? in the morning. Yeah. Cause after you drive back from Seattle, so she had to call in sick. Oh, that's crazy. I can't, I, I don't remember the after of it so much. I'm sure we drove back to Portland. We probably didn't stay in Seattle, but getting in was so bad. We missed the first song or like most of the first song. Oh, really? And the opener and everything. Cause we thought like most, uh, amphitheaters are like one third pavilion and two thirds lawn. Mm Mm-hmm. So everybody's GA or two thirds of the people are GA. So they're trying to get there super early and wait in line and do all these things. And then if you're reserved, you can wait and get there, you know, 15 minutes before the show. But White River, for some reason, is flipped from that. And it's two thirds uh, pavilion, two thirds seated people with reserved seats and one third GA. So all two thirds of those people had the same idea. Like, Oh, we can all get there, you know, 15 minutes before it starts or whatever. So we were waiting on that two lane road, trying to get in for an hour and a half. And then, yeah, ended up missing the first. Yeah. Dude, who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. And I'm sure all the people that live out there, a bunch of farmers or whatever, dude, I'm sure they're super pissed. Mm -hmm. Every time there's an event, you just can't go anywhere for like 10 hours. That's how our amphitheater growing up was. It was called Deer Creek. And it was it was kind of next to the interstate, but I'm not... You know, there was an interchange there. But it was like, there were three other ways to get into it, and they were all two-lane roads. And mm-hmm. it was two-lane roads through the cornfields, you know, for miles and miles and miles. It was this, crazy. This is in Arkansas? Yep. The Ozarks. <laughs> Good old Indiana. Uh-huh. Noblesville, Indiana. Uh-huh. Noblesville? Where, Noblesville. That's where the uh, amphitheater was. What what town did you grow up in? Anderson. Anderson, Anderson Indiana. Indiana. What was that like? Mm, it was... <clears throat> Edgewood? I, Chesterfield? Yeah, those are those are some areas. Hara's Hoosier Park? Hoosier Park. That's the big, uh, that's the big racetrack and um, casino now that's there. There's also a huge Nestle plant that's been built since i left and that's like where my mom works my brother works chocolate uh they do every nestle drink oh really they took every except for the waters they took every nestle like nestle quick and whatever all that stuff they took every drink plant from all over the world and shut them all down and they moved them all to this one consolidated factory like strawberry right. and chocolate mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> probably have a separate floor for the strawberry <laughs> your mom probably hates nestle quick huh? uh, maybe she got in like super early because they built the plant like right around when i was graduating high school and that was right around when my parents got divorced and mm-hmm. so she needed a full-time job and she got in into hr with them like before the plant was even built, she was working in like a little outbuilding or whatever. So she's been there for 15, 16 years. But, and then my brother started working there a couple of years ago on a line, but that's Anderson used to be, uh, they used to have 23 GM plants and it was everything from like building alternators to 
doing headlights. Like it's just factories. It's just yeah, it's pretty assembly lines and it's whatever. Pretty close to Detroit. Yeah, in yeah. Chicago. It was all it was all Delco. It used to be called Delco Remy, and then it was called Delco, and then AC Delco, and then GM bought all of it. So they'd make it there and then ship it up to to ship Detroit it up to wherever the assembly plants yeah. were. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so like my grandparents both worked there my great grandma worked there my dad worked there his whole life that was that was a good job back in the day it yeah. was great man if you didn't like have a specific like thing you wanted to leave to go to college for or whatever <clears throat> you left high school and you got a job in the plant and it was like really good pay really good benefits and like they took care of your family and all this stuff so we had like a i mean we were blue collar but we had a really like comfortable childhood and my mom <clears throat> never worked. It was always my dad. Yeah. But he was a tool and die repairman in a alternator factory for like my whole life. So <clears throat> anytime somebody had a question about a car, would he just be like, yep. No, he didn't care that much. <laughs> He's like, I'm off the clock. We're not talking about yeah, that shit. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go play golf. Yeah. That's uh, that's like one of the the biggest industries that I'm sure no one ever thought would disappear. Mm -hmm. And they had union representation. They had good wages. Yep. You could you could be like the American dream, you yep. know, just have one income, take care of your whole family, pay for your house, send your kids to college, whatever. Yep. And then, dude, that whole industry just decimated. There were 23 plants when I was growing up and the town had like 130,000 people. And now there are zero plants. Like as soon as I graduated high school, they shut the last plant down, Whoa. tore it down completely. And now there's 50,000, maybe like 40 to 50,000. 80,000 people left. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Yeah. It's like a, it turned into a ghost town. It was like a blue collar ghost town. So there's just like a Walmart and a whatever. And so then the Hoosier Park came in uh, down by the interstate and that's the big casino and uh horse racing track Ooh. and that like got business going a little bit and then nestle came back into town and built their huge plant and that got business going a little bit because they were probably i don't know for sure they were probably down to like thirty thousand, and then nestle and hoosier park and all these people came in and tried to revamp it a little bit and now maybe they're up to like fifty thousand. damn but it's still so it was way different when you were a kid versus what it is now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess what, it was, but I mean like, yeah. Did you enjoy it when you were growing up? Did it seem like a cool place to live? Yeah. We didn't travel a ton, so I didn't like know a lot about other areas. Um, the only thing we would do is like every summer for two months, we would drive to Florida. We drive to Daytona beach and we stayed at like the same hotel every single year for two months during the summer or two weeks sorry during the summer and that was like so i knew like driving from we'd stop in like south carolina because we had friends that lived there but, uh -huh. so i knew from like driving from florida to indiana like what things looked like but other than that we never traveled anywhere really huh. so, so do you knew. think that has an effect <clears throat> on how much you want to travel now mm, maybe i mean i have traveled a ton now yeah Maybe that's uh, just wanting to see things. and But then there's also a, a aspect. Like, we've been thinking about moving back to the East and <clears throat> being closer to family. You didn't tell you that? I Are you just going to drop that on this podcast? I told you that. No, is this you... a podcast? What is this about? Well, right now, it's just two dudes talking I in the kitchen. 
Podcasts have themes. Have you ever heard of a theme? We got a theme. We're talking That's about a... we're talking about Hoosier Park in Indiana, bro. I want to know who who would actually ever download this or listen we'll to see. it. We'll see. Well, maybe Besides we'll get your mom. Maybe we'll get Hellcat Maggie to sponsor this bitch. <laughs> no, you got to get uh, who are the big podcast sponsors? Stamps.com. Uh, That's Haynes, the big one. Underwear. No. Mm. Boba socks. Uh, Bomba. That's what it is. Bomba socks. Bomba socks. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, but maybe, maybe they'll do it. I don't know. Well, Stamps.com is the huge one. You always hear. They Does sponsor, anybody use that ever? I don't know, but they sponsor like 50 different podcasts. Dude. Yeah. And the thing about the, the sponsors on the podcast, like, I hit the 30 second button, I skip past them. Yeah. I'm not listening to that. Yeah. Totally. That's ridiculous. But it pays for their their living wage or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. What am I gonna do with this? I don't know. I don't know. Do you want to do you want to record yourself getting me some more water? Are you thirsty? <laughs> Would you record me? Record me getting you some more water. <laughs> I like moving this around a lot. It's cool, right? Because I'm an audio engineer and mm-hmm. I can hear what oh, it sounds like. This is my voice. Do what if I do this? And then I Whoa. Water. <laughs> you can't cut this out. It's gotta be real. It's gotta be real life. No edits. This is pretty real. No edits. This is pretty real right now. Take the GoPro into the bathroom with you. We need multiple angles. This is not flattering for anybody. CCTV angle. Like we're in prison? Yeah. <laughs> Black and white with a timestamp on it. Uh, <clears throat> you're you're just like doing Morse code to people telling them. Yeah. I'm in trouble. Get me out. I've listened to so many podcasts and it's so interesting and cool to like hear yourself as a podcast. Mm-hmm. But only if yourself has anything interesting to say whatsoever. Dude, you wouldn't listen to this? And myself doesn't. You wouldn't listen to this? No, not at all. I wouldn't listen to it because it's you and I. No. But if I didn't know us, I might listen to it. I'd find a way to just listen to you that I didn't have to listen to me. Yeah. No, that's that's the weird thing. That no. goes back to, uh, I don't know, man. I wonder what it's like if you're famous and you just... I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and this guy was talking about how he had his uh, comedy special coming out on Netflix and his wife invited a bunch of people over to their house so that they could all watch it together. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, it sounds so awful. I don't want to watch myself on TV yeah. with my wife and a bunch of my friends. He's like, I'm just going to go in the other room. <laughs> and I totally get that, dude. Who wants to? It's weird. I think at some point, like maybe comedians are different because comedians are so... Like they're up there because they have a lot of problems that they're trying to deal through. They're just doing it publicly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for somebody like that's an actual artist or like somebody who somebody who has made their career all about them, like Taylor Swift or somebody mm-hmm. who just watched the Taylor Swift documentary. So that's all. That's the only person I can think of. Do tell. It's a new new on Netflix. You got to see it. It's horrible. I would- is it bad? Yeah. I would watch it. She's just terrible. She's a terrible person. She's a fascinating person. She because, is fascinating. Dude, how... I don't know how you could be that famous. Yeah. You know how bad that would suck to just not be able to go anywhere? But that's the thing. It's like... 
even uh, I'm I'm so judgy, but it's like even because even though she's complaining about it, there's something in her. There's some like weird subterranean level that actually loves it. Mm-hmm. That actually like gets off on it. And I think that's the thing with super famous people is even if they complain about paparazzi and like you can't I can't go to the store and blah blah blah. There's some little tiny thing inside them that has actually always wanted that and has wanted to be famous and has wanted their face somewhere. So I don't know that they get super annoyed listening to themselves or watching themselves or like, I think they actually get off on it a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if it's to be famous. I think you just have person, you know, I think to, to be at that level of fame, I think you have to like yourself to some point, you have to like what you're putting out and whatever. Well, yeah, you're probably not even real at a certain point, too, right? Right. Like once you get to the to the bare minimum of the person, you're not really real. Yeah. Well, then you know. No offense, Taylor. Because I know you're <laughs> going to hear you, this Taylor. when this is like a four thousand episode, like fifty million dollar year. <laughs> no one's podcast. ever going to listen to this. They're going to be going back to the second episode to the third episode. Oh, he said Taylor no. Swift sucks. No. Just kidding. Yeah, because like once you reach that level and you know, people are making your treats and people are like clipping your toenails for you. Making your treats for you? Yeah, you know. Okay. Can you elaborate (laughs) on making your treats, please? Like all your rice krispie treats and your brownies. You know, I give a person that just makes your rice krispie treats for you. Of course you do. Okay. Yeah. How many (laughs) if you if you were famous, how many people would be in your posse and on the payroll? Uh, and what is my job? Obviously, you would only make my Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> that would be so bad. I Why would you be, get me to do I it? I wouldn't be buying that shit. <laughs> because you're homeless at that point and you would need <laughs> some form of income. Yeah. Like, yeah. all right, you can make my Rice Krispie treats. I'd be like, what kind of world is this where I work for Matt Helms? Mm. What's going on? The sun has burned out. There is no warmth left in this universe. And somehow I have become the sole provider for mankind. It could happen. And you make my Rice Krispie treats. Yeah. I better, I better. AKA hell freezes over. I better get on MarthaStewart.com and figure out what the deal is. Mm -hmm. You ever made something and just been like, man, I made this. This is fucking good. No. <laughs> no. No, I haven't. No, you never just made a, a dank batch of Rice Krispie treats and been like, yeah, me. Uh, no. No? I don't like myself enough <laughs> to compliment myself like, on making something. Matt, you're terrible at this. Don't ever try it. I mean, again. these are okay, but they're not as good as Mario Batali makes. <laughs> as Taylor Swift's assistant. <laughs> Oh, she's just weird, man. I mean, she's what, she's just got problems. Was it was like it, everybody does? Was it decent overall as mm. a as a documentary? No, no. It was like super self serving and just like kind of gross. It was about her like wanting to. What was the thing that she did? She, uh, what was it? She like made a comment about somebody or 
two so oh it was when she got in the fight with kanye mm. she got in like the super publicized like twitter fight with kanye and then she took a year off after that because like she felt like she was being harassed by people and whatever that's a weird situation because she was like nine and a half yeah. and he took a trophy from her and said beyonce was better no <laughs> it's gonna it be was the most awkward situation ever. i totally forgot that happened but this was about uh he wrote a song and there was a lyric in the song oh yeah, yeah. that like called her a bitch or something yeah uh and that's what the whole big thing was mm. But oh man, I forgot about the I forgot about the like VMA or whatever that yeah, was thing. You ever go back and just watch that? No, it's so awkward. That's hilarious. And he wasn't even like he was famous then, but like he's way more famous now. Yeah. So she, um, her whole, or at least how it felt was like her whole documentary was about like her coming back from that like year away. And then, like, now she's getting super political and she was, like, she lives in Nashville and she was all about this senator that was being elected in Nashville because they were super conservative and it was, like, a female. It did kind of suck. I mean, it was, like, a female Trump, basically. And she was the first female senator ever elected in uh, Nashville. But it was, like, Taylor Swift getting all, like, crazy political and, like, it was just, like, her trying to have substance. Yeah. Whatsoever. When she really just doesn't. But you watched the whole thing. Yeah, I did watch the whole And thing. you sang along with all of the hits. There were a couple good hits in there. <laughs> She's a great songwriter, not gonna lie. Yeah, just... I think I think she does better than than most of them. I mean, she's still a fabricated personality yeah. that came from a very wealthy family yeah. who had connections to the industry. Mm -hmm. So fabricated personality. Is yeah. A good, that's a good way to yeah, say she's, it. She's a star. They built her. That's why she doesn't seem real, which is sad to say, because she's, she's a fucking real person, but yeah. she doesn't feel real. It's yeah. like, it's like she might as well be a, a video game character or something. And it's hard to explain, but it's like, even this is so, this is so like judgmental, but it's like, it feels like as deep as she can possibly like feel something, she's still not feeling it for real. Like, I still don't think she gets what it is to like feel something deeply because well, she's a fabricated. Even if person. she did, she's got so many people telling her. Yeah. What not to do and how to act. Yeah, man, that's got it. That's a crazy world. Mm -hmm. You can't just be you. She can't just wake up tomorrow and go buy a bag of weed and get high under the bridge. Yeah. You know? She can't she can't go to to McDonald's and just like slam two Big Macs. Right. There's no way. But it's like she doesn't she wouldn't even know what it meant to be that way even if she could you know what i mean yeah because she's been that person for so long and like there's so many other people that are telling her how to be a person i don't know yeah. it's so hard to explain yeah no i know what you're saying it's like it's just deep I'm trying it's to find a good deep trying to find a good taylor swift song uh well don't play it. No. I was going to tell you earlier when you did the Tom Petty. If if you play it too long, we'll get kicked off YouTube. Yes. Don't do that. We got sponsors, dude. <laughs> Stamps.com. <laughs>
Uh, you're gonna have to cut the Tom Petty out of there then. Damn it, I want to play a Taylor Swift song. It's gonna be a good one. So the other thing I wanted to ask you that was going through my head, and this is just stupid, but I thought about it. Do you remember Blockbuster? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How many times <clears throat> did you and someone go to Blockbuster and spend so much time trying to find a movie mm-hmm. and then you just couldn't get one mm-hmm. and then you either got something you didn't want or you just left or you found one that you wanted and then the actual video was never behind yeah right the thing like you saw the cover of something and got really excited like yeah. oh, i've been wanting to watch that for a while and then there's no actual movie yeah. behind it yeah you're just screwed there's like a finite amount of physical copies mm-hmm. dude i feel the same way when i browse through netflix now mm. It's a digital blockbuster. There's so much shit to watch. You remember when you first heard about Netflix? Oh, dude. Coming out, like how revolutionary it sounded? I lived in Phoenix. I was going to school and I signed up for it. And it was like, I can't even remember. It was like $8.99 or Mm -hmm. Mm $10.99. And I think it had different tiers. It's like one DVD at a time, two, Mm -hmm. or three. And I think I did the three. And dude, that's where I watched... That was the first time I watched Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, I went through all the Godfathers. Because like, they would just mail it to you for free. Yeah, dude. And, you, and they even sent a return envelope. Yeah. You're no, like, it was cool. Oh, man, it was really cool. Are you kidding me? But I did not see the digital portion at all. No. That was, dude, like what it was then compared mm-hmm. to what it is now is insane. Well, it was like even when they were just DVDs, they had a huge catalog and it was like everything that Blockbuster had. And so we were like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. And then when they added the digital portion, they had like a thousand movies. Oh, yeah. It sucked at first. Yeah. There was like, oh, there's no point to even like add that to my subscription or whatever. And then whatever, two years, three years later, you're like, oh, I don't need physical DVDs anymore. So I can stop that portion of the service and I can only do my digital. Yeah. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my kids, they have no concept. Yeah. Even Redbox. Redbox came in in that like really weird in-between phase where like Blockbuster was just about to go out of business and Netflix was just booming the shit out of it. And then Redbox comes in. And you're like, but they're still like physical. I still have to Dude, physically go. Redbox is still killing sense. it, though. I see people when I go to the grocery store, I see people getting them all the time. Is it just because it's like cheaper than Netflix? I Why? think it's because maybe they get newer titles that netflix doesn't have hmm. but dude i just down i just go to some streaming site you know yeah Which, or hulu we do hulu too no but i mean stuff. like illegally oh i wouldn't i mean that's I what my friends do that. i heard this guy that i know this podcast now sponsored by kazaa <laughs> uh yeah man like my parents will still go and get red box all the time and i'll be really? like I'll be like, by the time you drive there and pay a dollar to get it, I'll already have it streaming ready to go. Don't leave. Is it because they have the newest releases? It must be. I don't, dude. I haven't even looked at a at a red box screen. Yeah, in I haven't either. A couple years. That's probably what it is. Because Netflix will, it'll take them like whatever three, four, five months after something comes out on DVD, probably yeah. to really get it going on Netflix. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, if you've got brand new releases on. But yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be a relic 
within what do they got? They got five years, maybe. Redbox. Yeah. Yeah. With the only like downside to streaming was the price and the availability of the catalog. Mm-hmm. And now with like everything imaginable being spread across like Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus, it's like, what are you going to need? The only thing could be movies and um, new releases, which there's something weird. My mom actually does something weird that I don't even know how it works or what it is, but it's some kind of streaming thing where you can watch movies that are only in the theaters. I heard that they wanted to do that, but yeah. I didn't know it was happening yet. Somebody's doing it. It's like she, movie pass or something. Yeah. It's something really weird. And she has it. And it's like a technology thing. And I've never heard of it. Or I don't know how it works. Your mom is out doing you? before I did. She's yeah. got that. She's got that. That jar of Nestle quick. Just <laughs> getting her all fired up. <laughs> oh, movie pass. <laughs> I'm going to tell you Maddie boy about this. Well, that's exactly how she talks too. <laughs> uh yeah so i was like i don't remember what it was i think me and sarah were going to see the uh, downton abbey movie one night and i was like telling my mom about it and she, <laughs> she's like i already saw it yeah, seriously she was like oh maybe i'll watch that tonight it's like fuck you what are yeah. you talking about yeah <laughs> i have to go to a theater to see it because i don't understand technology as well as you do wow yeah i mean the theater's still good for 12 dollar mm. popcorn and $16 sodas. Oh my God, they're so expensive. But so many of them now are all about the beer and wine and food. Like they're all getting food. Yeah, in that part's cool. They're getting like servers to come serve you and things. And that's a that's a cool model that's started. Yeah, that the first time I ever did that was in Hood River. At, mm-hmm. um, I forget what it's called. I think it's called Andrew's Pizza. But mm-hmm. they would... They would straight up make you an enormous pizza and you'd order beers and you'd go in and sit down. They'd have the, and the couches and futons and beanbags yeah, and shit. Yeah, that's super cool. That That's cool. And that was like 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. that was like unheard of. But now there's more uh, like what's the what's the big chain? They have one over in Washington. Cenotopia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were kind of a pioneer in that too where they had like they had a normal movie theater and then they have one with like super comfortable chairs and then they have one that is like a living room with all the couches and the bean bags and things and it only seats like 30 people yeah and the tickets are 20 dollars a piece or whatever yeah um, that's probably cool like if you, you got a birthday party or something you yeah. rent out for your friends and the big theater was like you could go buy any of the food at the restaurant and take it into the big theater and then the medium theater with the nicer seats had waiters and waitresses and they would come in and serve you the same food. And so it was like they had the, but they were one but of the first fancier. ones. Yeah. Yeah. It was before all the regals and everybody started going super beer and wine and all that kind of stuff, which yeah. they all do now. Yeah. But they were one of the first ones to really do that. And it was, it used to be a cool experience and they like, they also had really, really nice uh, projectors and sound and screens and all that kind of stuff. That is which the, helped out a lot. That's the major upside, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to go see uh, the the Avengers movie or like Tarantino or whatever. Yeah, something super actiony. Yeah, 1917, which I still haven't seen yet. Have you seen I that? was supposed to go with those guys, <clears throat> and they went when I was out of town, and then I, I watched it here. Mm. 
Is it already? Uh, you can stream it? Yeah, it's out. Illegally? It's out. No, it's totally legal. Where? Netflix.com no. slash 1917. No. That movie's not on Netflix. Dude, it's... I have no idea what you're talking it's about. It's really good. Is it? It's really good. Uh, it's it supposed... Won, like, five Dude, it should Dude, it, it should win every award. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. They, uh, they make it look like it's one shot, which there's no way they could do that. The entire movie? Yeah yeah dude it's I've really good seen an entire movie done like that there have been some like what was the christopher nolan movie that was world war ii dunkirk dunkirk yeah there was like a 25 minute scene mm-hmm. in there that was legitimately a single camera shot they did it in children of men too yeah 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 but i've never seen an entire movie that was supposed to look like that uh, there's one movie where they did the entire thing. One take movie. Dunkirk was really good. Uh, I, okay, whatever. I need to Never watch mind. it again. I wasn't that impressed. <laughs> no, like cinematically it was amazing, but yeah. I felt like it just wasn't a cool enough story. Like hmm. nothing, nothing really happened. And you're saying that about Christopher Nolan. I like Christopher Nolan. Okay. So it's, it's called Russian Ark. Hmm. This is a legit one-shot, 96-minute movie. Wow. I think that's the only one that they've ever done it for real. I'd almost be more interested to see a documentary about the making of right? the movie. Than that's insane. Else. I'd rather watch them film the movie for 90 minutes than actually watch the movie. <laughs> I don't think the movie's very good, but... <laughs> like, no, how, that's... Do you even, how do you even do that? That's what's cool about 1917 is it's following these two dudes. They're trying to deliver a message to tell the the front line to not attack because it's a it's an ambush. Mm -hmm. And the only place they can cut is when they like go into a dark room. Yeah. You know, because everything else looks legit. Hmm. So, yeah, there's I mean, there's probably five to eight minute segments that are one shot. Right. But I mean, there's not a ton of dialogue. They're just walk in somewhere yeah that's crazy it's really good though Mm. and the other one is uh have you heard of the the adam sandler uncut gems Uh -uh. it's really good too he's a he he's a diamond he runs a diamond store and it's got kevin garnett in it the basketball player Mm. and there's like this fancy opal that he gets in that's worth millions of dollars and he lets Kevin Garnett borrow it. And then all this stuff happens, but it's so, it's so hectic and there's people screaming and talking on cell phones and all the shit's Mm -hmm. happening all the time. Like it's very chaotic and Mm -hmm. you just like feel tense while you're watching it. That sounds real dumb. Mm, It's good. (laughs) I love it when Adam Sandler does a movie where he's not Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I think I have seen, uh, I've seen, previous for it. yeah dude it's good yeah it's like uh in the 70s is it set in the 70s no no because it follows the timeline of i think it was the 2013 or 2014 nba finals because that's why they use kevin garnett because they use real footage from the nba finals oh, okay and the celtics were in that hmm Maybe he just looked like he was from the 70s he looks like he's from the 70s Adam and dude, Sandler. the no. soundtrack is like you ever seen Drive with uh, Ryan Gosling? So. It's just like very I like 80s. Ryan Gosling, oh, I know you do. Right. And posters on your wall. Up top. <laughs> uh, 
uh no it's just like synth heavy you mm. know and just like 80s doubt yeah yeah kind of like the notebook yeah yeah it's a good movie yeah he was she was great in that <laughs> he was <good. laughs> dude he uh yeah bird i'm a bird he doesn't really do much with his face right you know what i mean yeah, it's more about below the neck. Yeah, I, I mean, the ladies enjoy it. Mm-hmm. The ladies really like He's him, but... building a boat or whatever he builds. <laughs> he builds a house or something. We, hey, Ryan, just we go don't, build a Just go build just stuff and we'll film you for a little while. We don't have the fucking story figured out yet, but or just go build stuff. Notebook. Yeah, it's going to be cool, probably. Just make sure your shirt's off. <laughs> we'll, probably, we'll probably call it the notebook. <laughs> So what's this podcast about? Mm. Podcasts have to have a theme. This one doesn't. <laughs> We're just Maxwell House. We can't use that. <laughs> Somebody already took it. I don't know, dude. I gotta, I gotta come up with some ideas, and so I got two episodes now. I gotta figure out what it's called. Mm-hmm. I gotta get some sponsors. Get some sponsors. Make a million dollars. Oh, dude. Quit your job. Yeah. Steps. One, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so easy. <laughs> get it, step four, get Ryan Gosling posters on the wall. <laughs> get him to be on the show. <laughs> we need a third mic. Uh, uh, that was my mom's jam growing up with Maxwell House. Yeah? The like... Tell her she has good taste. The freeze-dried stuff you'h keep in the fridge. Yeah, they used to call me that. That's cool. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah, you you're you're not about that life, are you? No, she can't, scarred you. Can't do it. Turned you the other direction. Or she she uh, maybe the reason that I enjoy the smell of coffee. Oh, I don't know. You enjoy the smell more than the taste? No, but like growing up, like a lot of people just don't start drinking coffee because they hate the smell of it or whatever. Yeah. So I think I like the smell so much. I never started drinking it until I was. I mean. Somewhere in my 20s. Yeah. Same thing with alcohol, actually. I didn't really, like, start liking drinking until I was, like, 22, yeah. 23. It's crazy. It's pretty awesome. I didn't know anything about beer. I thought beer was Budweiser. And, like, oh, as yeah. a kid, I thought, like, Budweiser smelled like shit. And I was, I didn't know that other types of beer existed. You until... were hanging out in Anderson, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only beer in Anderson, Indiana. Seriously. Yeah, they probably, yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's different now, but they, I'm sure they didn't have any brew pubs back then. Oh, no. Yeah. And they do now. Yeah, they have, like, a, they have, like, a micro distillery mm-hmm. downtown for this little tiny town. Yeah. I remember I met my wife and she was super into, she had lived in Montana for a couple of years where they had like some microbrews and she was super into fat tire mm-hmm. and Newcastle. And those were like mind blowing to me. Those were some of the first beers like that I got super into. Cause I was yeah. like, Oh, this is not Budweiser. Yeah. This like tastes like something real. I still like have a super nostalgic place in my heart. For yeah. Fat tire. Takes you right back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Now, right, I, well, now I like alcohol. Yeah. I, I know the secret to your heart. It's fat tire. <laughs> All right. Well, we should uh, wrap this up Dude, there, we, buddy. We got plenty of time, bro. 
Uh, I got my kids coming over to eat some potato soup. Potato soup. Dude, you have an issue with potato soup. It's good, dude. I didn't put too much rosemary in it this time. We're going to have to have an intervention sometime soon. I'll bring some for you tomorrow. Okay. Or I won't. I'll just let you watch me eat it really slowly. (laughs) Spill it on my (laughs) my beard. (laughs) I love a good potato soup. That was my first soup that I liked. I never liked soup growing up. It's good. I mean, if you don't fuck it up and put too much rosemary, it's good. Mm -hmm. Plus, dude, I like it because... Then you have, I mean, depending on how enormous you are, you have lunch and lunch and It heats lunch. up really well. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I always loved the Panera bread potato soup. They would Is it only, good? They would only do it on, originally they would only do it on whatever, like Mondays or Wednesdays or something. And that was the first soup I had that I was like, oh, I might like soup now because this is pretty legit. I haven't eaten much of their food, but dude, dude, we, we can talk about fast food soups for days on the next one. What are you talking about? Like Quiznos. Do they have soups? They had soups, man. They have like chili or something. They had, uh, broccoli cheddar. Mm -hmm. They had chili. They had some nasty Southwest corn something. Hmm. But dude, I also worked at a deli in, uh, Phoenix. Mm Mm-hmm. Gandolfo's Deli. That sounds dumb. Oh, man. It actually sounds like Lord of the Rings. Change your life, son. Change your life. <laughs> we also got one free sandwich there. But, dude, I worked with all these high school girls, and I was I was 21. And, dude, that I showed you that picture with me with the beard. Mm-hmm. That was when I had the beard, and they thought I was just some weird homeless dude. And Which you basically were. The, the owner trusted them more than me so he would give them the keys to lock up the shop i don't know why but he thought i was a weirdo or something and we were able to take home one sandwich and they had a bunch of different kinds of bread and they had this circular kaiser roll or something but dude it was this big yeah and i would load that bitch up with so much meat and cheese and I'd go home and I'd sit cross-legged on my floor in the living room because I didn't have a table. You didn't have any furniture. Yeah. All I had was uh, a twin mattress and a twin, uh, uh, what's the thing underneath? Box spring. Box spring. That's all I had in the living room. No table, no chairs, no nothing. It's pretty similar to now. Basically, my <laughs> life has not changed in 20 years. You've yeah. gone right back to the start. <laughs> No, when I lived at this other place, uh, we used to call it a heroin mattress. Because if you just mm. have a twin mattress chilling on the ground, like mm-hmm. you're probably doing heroin. Heroin mattress. With yeah. no box spring. No box spring. Dude, that's a dark. Or what that's about a, just an air mattress? That's pretty dark too. I've done that before. As, as an adult. <laughs> you come home to a single room and an air mattress. Oh, Dude, I slept on a cot for months. Going through a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some places you can sleep where you're like, it's got to get better because mm-hmm. it doesn't get worse. <laughs> Life's looking up for oh, me. Oh, God. Yeah. That's like the twin mattress on the floor in the living room. Mm, that one's okay because I was only 20. Mm. 22. How old were you when you got married? 20. We got married in 2010. So I was 26. You got married? 
in 2010. Mm-hmm. I had a kid in 2010. Yeah. It was a good year. We were married in 05. Still married in 05. Got married to my first wife in 05. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those aughts. Mm-hmm. They were good. Mm-hmm. They were good times. So you different, were, man, man. You were 23? No. You were 23 when, when we had our first son? Yep. 20. How old were you when you got married? How old was I when I got married? You were like 26 when you got married, weren't you? That's what I just said. Oh, did you? <laughs> You're not even paying attention to me anymore. <laughs> this portion of the podcast sponsored by <laughs> Hellcat Maggie. Yeah. 23 when we had Elliot and then 26 when we got married. And she was pregnant okay. with Fiona. So nice. we went to Vegas and got married. It was the best wedding ever. Dude, you know who's doing that? Who? Britain. It's awesome, man. Yeah. I was so stoked when she said she would go for it. I was like, are you sure? Like, this is a big deal. Like, yeah. Dudes don't care. Girls are usually, they want it to be something. And mm-hmm. she's like, nope, I don't want to deal with all the behind the scenes bullshit. Let's really? go to Vegas. And mm-hmm. I was like, cool. And so we went down there and we paid 600 bucks, uh, <laughs> her brother and sister-in-law. And then my friend that I worked with from the convention center, he lived there. Oh, that's cool. And I called him up. I was like, Hey dude, I'm in Vegas today. I'm getting married tonight. You want to come? Uh, and he's like, yeah, dude, I'll be there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So there were five people, including. Did us. you do like a Elvis wedding? I should have. <laughs> I didn't have chops at that point, but could have, could have thrown them on. <laughs> Britain said they're going to look for a, or he knows of a place that's like an aquarium mm-hmm. and you get married inside the aquarium. In the water? But, no, just like with a like, well, you can wear a Speedo, <laughs> but it's like all the, you're like inside the tank and there's all the fish like swimming around you. Um, you know what I mean? Is he into fish? I guess so. Huh. He's kind of a fish guy. Hmm. Kind of a fish guy. <clears throat> didn't take him for a fish guy. He's a fish guy. Yeah, a fish guy. Yeah, like a fish guy. Uh, what was I gonna say? So, how old was she? She, we have the same birthday. She's oh. one year younger. Oh, okay. So she was twenty-five. Yeah. So, so Sarah was twenty. She turned twenty-five the year we got married. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I turned twenty-one. She's yeah. She's older than you. She's four years. Four older. years older. Mm-hmm. You were twenty-one when you got married. Oh I God. turned twenty-one in June, and we got married in August. Damn. So I wasn't Young even blood. like, yeah. So I wasn't even into alcohol or anything at that point. She we had like change your life. We had like a champagne toast at our wedding. That's the only alcohol we had. And a Did bunch of our friends who were drinkers or like her friends would, uh, people. I don't know. There were like a bunch of sort of conservative Christian people at the reception, mm-hmm. where it was like to the point where it was a it was a discussion at the beginning of like whether we could have alcohol or not at the wedding. Yeah. It had to, it was kind of sad, but that had to be a discussion and it ended up just being, okay, we'll just do a champagne toast. So it'll be fine. So everybody would have like a couple sips of the champagne. Cause like they don't really drink or whatever, except for all our friends who actually did drink. <laughs> and so they were grabbing like bottles of the yeah. champagne and like taking it back to their hotel with them that night. Nice. <laughs> Cause there was no other alcohol at the wedding. Wow. Yeah, dude, we didn't even get into that. I wanted to to get into some uh, religion stuff. But dude, we got time. We'll have to save it for the next time. Let's do it. Let's we, do it right now. We got to shut it down. We got to shut it down. Episode number two. 
Matthew Helms. Yeah. A non-recurring guest. <laughs> Cheers. As soon as I cut it, this is the last <laughs> one I'm doing. I ain't coming back. Never talking to this perv again.